Good morning, Captain Suba here, and I sure pray you've had a wonderful week. I'm back again to toss out a weekly lifeline in these rough waters of life. This is episode five, and so far we've had a hundred downloads, which isn't enough, but I think it's wonderful that we've had a hundred people join us. And in those previous sessions, we've talked about worry and biblical finance. I think most of the principles we discussed were fairly common sense and left little room for debate or argument. Of course, like most things, the issue is how do we find a way to work these principles into our daily lives and consistently follow them. It is the action step that always trips me up. How about you? Let's see what the Bible says about accountability this week. And we'll have a guest that will discuss at least one way to help us find our way and stay accountable. As I, <coughs> excuse me, as I suggested earlier, the basic concepts and principles of life seem fairly reasonable, as do those in the Bible. So saying you buy in and believe is pretty easy, but the action step of doing and following through on these principles is always the hard part. However, God's pretty clear and holds follow-through as a requirement to reach his kingdom. Talkers don't make it, only doers. Let's see what it says. Accountability is defined as the quality or state of being accountable, an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. We all already knew this definition, and all of us know how hard this really is to deal with in a lot of areas of our lives. It's hard enough to maintain accountability with others in our daily life and at work, but it seems to be much harder to maintain accountability with ourselves. This is a new year. Most of us have made resolutions. How many of us have already broken at least one of them? What excuse did we make to ourselves for doing that? And since there's no one in authority in our lives other than us, it seems much easier to break that promise to ourselves than it would have been to break it to our best friend or our boss. This is the core issue with personal accountability. It is a failure of controlling your own promises to yourselves since there don't seem to be any direct or immediate consequences when we fail. Now let's look at accountability as to spiritual things. God is with us daily, but he's with us spiritually, not physically. So we have promised God certain types of behavior, and when we don't follow through, since he's not physically there, we think there's no immediate pain or consequence, which gives us an excuse to slide a little. Do these sound familiar? I am tired this morning, so I will just watch church online. I'm still getting the message, aren't I? There are a lot of people in our church. They don't need me to pass out bulletins or take the offering. I do not have any extra money for that donation. And who will ever know if I didn't donate anyway? Those sound familiar? But once you say those things, you're on the slippery slope. Romans 14:12 says, So then each one of us shall give account to himself to God, and we will. What are we going to say? 
What excuses do you think God will accept? Do we think that maybe many of our missteps go unnoticed? The best I can tell from a little research, there's 85 to 90 verses that tell us very clearly that God will hold us accountable for each and every sin on Judgment Day. Except, of course, for those for which we have sincerely and properly asked for forgiveness, and by virtue of our belief in Jesus, those were forgiven and removed from our record. Otherwise, we're going to have to give account. So to God, accountability is very important, don't you think? So the most basic step I want to pass on here is that because we all sin and we all fall short, we cannot avoid being held accountable. We will either be held accountable on earth in an earthly way and or be held accountable by God on Judgment Day. Period. End of discussion. Therefore, bind into what Jesus did for us on the cross, taking our sins on himself so that God could forgive us, is huge, and it's the only way we can get through this life and into his kingdom. Samuel lets us know that man judges us on what can be seen from the outside, while God judges us on the inside. That's 1 Samuel 16, 7. Now, I've attached many verses to the notes to this podcast for your review, but we'll be talking about this same topic and a lot of those verses next week as we continue this series. We all have dreams, aspirations, goals, and issues. Dealing with those on a personal level is a lot like keeping ourselves accountable. Unless we have somebody to help us here on earth and hold us accountable, we're going to have a problem. As our guest today, I'd like to introduce my wife, Melody Jones, who's the owner and founder of Heart and Mind Christian Life Coaching and who is a certified Christian life coach. Good morning, Mel. Good morning. A lot of people have heard of life coaching, but like myself, didn't really know the difference in life coaching and counseling. Can you start there and explain that for us? Sure. And first of all, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And um, counseling and coaching can go hand in hand. A sweet coach friend of mine explained it so well. She said that counseling is like archaeology. You dig up the past, evaluate it, decide what it means, and then consider how it impacts your life. Coaching is like architecture. You decide what you want to build, discover ways to get what you desire, and then you use tools to help you get there. One of the key concepts in coaching is your past does not define you. I'm a Christian life coach, and so that bases my coaching wisdom on scripture that leaves plenty of room for the Holy Spirit to do a mighty work in and through our lives. And as I've heard you say in your earlier podcasts, um, we can find the answers to all of our problems in the scripture. And it's so true and so amazing. And there is always more to learn as we dive deeper into the scriptures. Okay. Um, so coaching is a tool that can help with a lot of things, including accountability. Um, but how do you think specifically as to accountability coaching can help 
each of us in our lives? Uh, well, as a life coach, um, we call ourselves thought watchers. Um, for instance, and this isn't directed towards you at all, um, I could tell myself my husband works all the time, doesn't want to spend any time with me, or I could say my husband is a hard worker and he provides and contributes so much to our family. Now, could I make a case for each of those thoughts? Sure. And um, what I need to ask myself, though, is which one of those thoughts are actually serving me? Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God has given us the power to renew our minds, to renew our thoughts, and I know this, this concept can sound kind of woo-woo, uh, but I'm going to give you some examples here in a little bit uh, to kind of show you how we can take those thoughts captive and choose to see things that actually help us. Okay, in your life coaching, no matter what we do, we all have a toolbox. What are some of the tools that you use that could be related to accountability? Um, I have thought, I've, you know, I've kind of focused on the thoughts, but one of the big tools we use is that we need to feel our feelings. So many times we want to just push those bad feelings away, but guess what? Those feelings, they stay in your body and they don't go away unless you deal with them. It sounds so simple, but it isn't. Uh, for myself and so many people I have talked to, things that happened in our childhood affects how we actually handle things today. Everyone has disappointments in life, and it's how we handle those disappointments that dictate how we handle life. It's okay to feel disappointment. It's okay to be sad and anxious and all the feelings, but we're taught to just get over it instead of dealing with it. So life coaching seems to be one way people can think through their thoughts and opinions about those things thoughts or opinions that cause them to avoid or dismiss things they need to be doing. It seems to be a way to help people deal with their fears or anxieties and by, re by restraining those thoughts. Uh, am I making any sense? Yes. And actually, why don't we just take a thought and let's go through kind of what um, I do. Okay. All right, well, let's see. Um, I think this might ring some bells with some people. Um, my statement is, I hate my job. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so your thought, is, your thought is, I hate my job. So what we need to do is how we um, go through this is that's your thought so we have a circumstance, and a lot of times we think our thought is our circumstance. Uh, but actually, the circumstance is something that can be held up in a court of law. So in this case, your circumstance is that I have a job. Okay? And then your thought is that you hate that job. So because you have that thought, what action would you take at your job? To keep from hating it? Yeah. I mean, what would you do if you walked in every day and you hated your job? 
I mean, like you'd have a poor attitude. You'd um, not probably, get- yeah, not work as hard, just barely do what you need to get done. So, I mean, and so that would be your action, you know, or inaction. And the result would be you're not a good employee. I mean, is that not kind of the result you would end up with? Absolutely. Okay. So if you went in and changed that thought to, well, you know, I have good coworkers, let's say that, that I work with or something that just changes the thought. Now, this is not something that's easy. I don't want anybody to think that because um, we had these default <laughs> thoughts that we always go to and it is something that we have to take captive and change and sometimes you may want to just you know you may want to start on your action line and just say I want to be a good employee that gets x y and z things done so then you go back in and you think of what thoughts you need to think in order to get the results that you want does that make sense it does and and on the thought line Maybe it'd be on me to understand that the job pays well and keeps food on the table, and I just need to suck it up. How about that? Well, maybe that's a start. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, I don't hate my job, but we're just using that as an example. So coaching, in your opinion, does or does not help with staying personally accountable oh i believe it does and um we need to stay accountable for our thoughts uh, because those thoughts is what really determines how we live our lives all right well we're we're going to continue with accountability and be more specific and pick up some of these verses specifically next week but Accountability, keeping yourself accountable to yourself, in my opinion, is much harder than being accountable to your friends, your coworkers, your bosses, because again, there are immediate or should be immediate consequences to your action, whereas when you're dealing with yourself, you let things slide. And you let yourself down. You don't care to let yourself down. We shouldn't feel that way, but, but we, we do. do. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, thank you, Mel, for being here today. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, next week we're going to continue this. Um, Oh, hey, and you can just put all my links for my Facebook page, website, and all that stuff. Can you add that for me? I can. I'm going to add them to where the Bible verses are, but just what is it? Uh, Well, my Facebook is at Heart and Mind Life Coaching. My Instagram is at Mel Britt. J. And my website is in the process of being complete, so I'll send that to you. And that Mel Britt J is M-E-L-B-R-I-T-T-J. That's it. Okay. Until next time, may your skies be blue, may the seas be calm, and may the wind be on your stern. Captain Suba, out.